This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Hello, America, and welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Today, I, we have a great show for you today. We're going to take you to Iraq and uh, show you live a story that no one even knows that is remarkable. We'll share that with you coming up in Hour 2. Hour 3, we have an interesting guest. Uh, a very famous person who uh, is not someone that you would expect to be on this program. Um, that I think is trying to understand the world. And uh, it will be interesting to have her on. We'll begin there at the top of our three. Now, I want to give you some insight into what I believe is happening with fake news and Pizzagate and something that the, the, the mainstream media can learn from. You, know, you want to know why these crazy conspiracy theories are growing? Transparency or the lack thereof. And a lack of actually holding people accountable. And we'll begin there right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome to the program. It is the 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. Uh, and what is, uh, what is amazing is when I worked at WELI in uh, New Haven, Connecticut, I worked with the guy who was on the air on that Sunday morning and took the phone call from Washington where they said Pearl Harbor has just been bombed. And he had to go on and break the news to Connecticut and explain where Pearl Harbor was. Mm. 75 years ago today, we have some stuff that is really, really great uh, on Pearl Harbor that we will share a little later on in the uh, program today. I want to start with uh, General Michael Flynn. He's Donald Trump's national security advisor. And I want to show you... Uh, how the media is getting things wrong. I'm going to I'm going to start now. This this is coming from a Washington Post and New York Times article. They both reference 
a Politico article. So, I mean, again, in the, in the articles where they're saying fake news, isn't you, it's hard to track down who started it because one source will just quote another source and another source will quote that source. The Washington Post and the New York Times were quoting the source of Politico who did all of the work. It's the same story. They just didn't do the work on it. Politico did. And much of the language is exactly the same. And I want to start here. But Flynn himself has used social media to promote a series of outrageous conspiracy theories about Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama, and their inner circles in recent months, pushing dubious factoids at least 16 times since August 9th, according to a political review of his Twitter posts. Now, that is almost word for word what I found in the Washington Post and New York Times. So I, that's why I jumped over to Politico. I'm like, why am I reading the New York Times or Washington Post? Let me get it from the horse's mouth. What are they saying? They say Flynn, who has 106,000 Twitter followers, has used the platform to retweet accusations that Clinton is involved with sex trafficking, child sex trafficking. Now, there's no hyperlink there, which I found odd because... Wait a minute. This story is about Pizzagate. Now, if you don't know what Pizzagate is, Pizzagate is this outrageous conspiracy theory that Hillary, and I'm going to give you an answer of where I believe this actually started and how this came. And media, you should pay attention. Um, But that's what this story is about, Pizzagate. This outrageous story that Hillary Clinton is running an underage child sex trafficking ring out of a pizza parlor in underground tunnels in Washington, D.C. Absolutely crazy. So when there's no hyperlink there, you wonder, wait a minute, General Flynn tweeted an accusation that Clinton is involved with child sex trafficking? Pizzagate, that's the story. Why didn't they have the hyperlink? Because... That's not entirely true. Yes, yes, he did tweet something about Clinton being involved in child sex trafficking. But it was Bill Clinton, not Hillary Clinton. And it was the Jeffrey Epstein um, story. Yeah, the story was actually written before Pizzagate was created. Correct. As a a conspiracy theory. Correct. Um, But the, the... is it a conspiracy theory, or is it known that he did go to the island? He was on the manifest of one of... He was on one of the flood. I mean, you're talking, about, you're talking about the Epstein thing. So yes. Pizzagate is the conspiracy Forget theory. Forget about that. Yeah. Right. But what I'm saying is the article he tweeted about sex crimes with children before, was, yes. tweeted, was written before Pizzagate, Pizzagate. even started on... Correct. Record. So that's, Correct. A, that's an important distinction. And tell me, what definitely we not about that. tell me what we do know about... Bill Clinton on the Jeffrey Epstein. And by the way, Donald Trump, too, um, on the Jeffrey Epstein plane. If you don't know who he is, he is a guy who um, uh, allegedly kept sle- uh, sex slaves, underage sex slaves, at his Caribbean island uh, house. Yeah, and he was convicted of all this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, and this, it's this, really bad. This plane was known as like Caligula or some, some had some name like that. It was known that you were going there to have sex. So here's a, here's a summary. 
After leaving office, Bill Clinton was occasionally a passenger on an aircraft owned by convicted pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. This is not a sentence you want written about you. Uh, Epstein was also a regular visitor to Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate in Florida, and Trump was a dinner guest at Epstein's home. Gawker reported that flight logs show that Clinton, among others, traveled through Africa in 2002 on a jet with an actress in softcore porn movies whose name appears in Epstein's address book under an entry for Massages. Shantae Davies, the actress, declined to discuss why she was on the flight. Clinton has not commented. Okay, but he did. So he didn't go to the, he didn't go to the island. Clinton didn't. Um, I mean, I could, that's the part and I... Was Donald Trump's home, or the home that Donald Trump went to, was that at the, the sex island, or was that some home in Florida or New York or someplace like that? They're so rich, they have so many homes, I'm sure. I, I, I don't know. I know, you don't know. Okay, so um, it's a loose connection there but that is the connection that he was involved with jeffrey epstein now i thought that he had gone to the island so if he hadn't gone to the island it is a conspiracy theory but it's not the pizzagate conspiracy theory um the next one is he has secretly waged war uh no that clinton has secret secretly waged war on the catholic church well that's outrageous Hillary Clinton is secretly waging war on the Catholic Church? What is that? Hyperlink. That is a story um, broadcast on Fox that has evidence that George Soros is funneling money through his charity into uh, liberation theology um, uh, organizations to change the Catholic Church from the inside. Well, that's not a conspiracy. Right. Like, if you are a liberal and you think the Catholic Church needs to change, you don't see that as a war. Right. You would, you would, you would quibble with the word war. Right. However, if, 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 if people on the left are trying to change the way the Catholic Church operates, that would be a war to someone on the right who likes the way the Catholic right. Church operates. I think progressive have waged war on the Constitution of the United States. Right. They don't. They see it as we're progressing, we're changing. Right, so you can argue over the language, but you can't call it a conspiracy theory. It's not a conspiracy theory. George Soros has taken this amount of money and spent it on this organization, and this organization's job is to change the theology and to change the makeup of the Catholic Church. That's not a conspiracy. That's, that's, those are facts. That amount of money spent on this organization, this organization has this goal in the Catholic Church. Now, is it hyperbolic to say he waged war? Yeah. Sort of. Sort of. Uh, But it depends on your point of view. Okay. It's not that it's not that bad. Certainly they would say the same thing okay. about institutions that they want to defend that we're going into. They they would uh, say they're on women war on Ro- war, war on, on women. women. War on Roe war versus on Wade, right? Like right. we yeah, you know, are we trying to stop Roe versus Wade? Yes. Is I it mean, a war? Is it a war? I mean, probably not, but we all understand that. It's just like targeting districts. We I'm all okay understand with the war that on mean, abortion. That's fine by me. I'm fine with that, yes. I mean, but, but the point is though, like they, they're using that because they don't like it. When we say we're targeting a district Right. They yes, say, oh, well, it's violence. I mean, it's right. not violence. No, it's Everyone not. knows it's not a war right. on something is not necessarily, you know, it, right. The war on drugs, the war on poverty. Right. Are you okay. trying to stop it? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, they are trying to stop a conservative interpretation of what the Catholic Church does. Right. 
Okay, so the, the last one is, as well as charges that Obama is a jihadi who laundered money for Muslim terrorists. I read that one and I'm like, holy cow, what? Okay, first of all, the president is not a jihadi. He is not a jihadi. Is he laundering money? No. However, you look at the hyperlink and it again is hyperbolic language that everyone, and this is what I'm trying to change. I'm trying to change. I'm not changing my point of view. I'm warning that the language even I use is dangerous because it's causing divisions. So what is that story about? He writes in a tweet, jihadi in quotes, jihadi Obama, um, uh, laundering money for ter- well, laundering $1.7 billion for, ter- for these terrorists. And he shows two Iranians that have launched rockets at America. Okay, so what is that story? Well, I happen to believe that what the United States of America did was launder money because they don't have access to American dollars. And so if you don't have access to American dollars, it's really hard to buy things outside of your own country. They've just taken $1.7 billion in cash, untraceable, and given it to the largest terror state in the world. You could hyperbolically speak and say, you've just laundered money and given it to terrorists. It's the point of view We agree on the facts. What we don't agree is on why they were done or the hyperbole surrounding it. But we have to agree on the facts. And when you say a conspiracy theory that jihadi Obama is laundering money, well, the conspiracy theory comes from the hyperbole. Now, if General Flynn believes that Barack Obama is a jihadi, well, then we have a problem. If he believes he's actually laundering money, we have a problem. If he, however, believes that Barack Obama sees the world as a very, in a very different way than I do, that he believes that the Muslim population of the Middle East is a victim of the oppressive United States and that Iran is more righteous in this fight than America, you can make that case. You may be wrong, but you can make that case. And it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a point of view. Now, I'm going to take a break and I'm going to tell you what, I'm going to tell you what I believe the real basis of this child sex trafficking ring is. And it goes right to the media for not holding Hillary Clinton accountable for this and dismissing crimes, real true crimes. You will see it now where they are holding Donald Trump Responsible for every word he utters, let alone every action he might do. Where they didn't do this on the left. And this is why conspiracy theories grow. 
It's the lack of transparency and the lack of holding people responsible for what they really have done. I'll give you, and the press, so they can do their own homework, I'll give you what I believe actually happened and why there is a growing number of people that believe there are tunnels underneath Washington where little child sex slaves are being bought and sold by Hillary Clinton. Our sponsor this half hour is My Patriot Supply. Life is 10% of what happens and 90% about what you do with it. My father uh, taught me this. Yesterday, we had Nightline here. They're doing a profile on Thursday uh, of me and this broadcast. And I think you're actually really going to like it. Uh, Byron Pitts is uh, the guy who uh, was the, um, he's the co-anchor of Nightline. A deeply religious man, I didn't know this, and a guy who was, you know, stationed with the soldiers in Iraq for a long time. Really a fair guy. Um, And um, anyway, we were talking about it, and he, he asked me, he said, you know, what is it you really believe about, you know, what's coming with the economy and everything else. And I said, oh, I'm a catastrophist. I believe, I, I see the catastrophe in everything. And he said, so is that why, you know, I mean, really, we should have a year's worth of food? And I said, no, not for a catastrophe, but because anything could happen in life. You could lose your job and you would have a month's worth of food and you'll be able to survive and take the pressure off. The biggest thing is not that you're, you're a doomsday seller dweller. The idea is, is that you don't have to worry about it anymore. Take it off your shoulders. Right now, four weeks emergency food supply, which would be a week's worth of food for a family of four. What, breakfast, lunch, dinner, all the drinks, all the snacks, everything for $99. Family of four eats for a week. There's your basic family food supply if you just want to get started for 99 bucks. That is over half off. If it's for one person, you eat for four weeks, $99. Limit uh, two per customer. Call now, 1-800-200-7163. Take the load off your mind. Uh, 1-800-200-7163. Preparewithglenn.com. 1-800-200-7163. Preparewithglenn.com. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This. This. Is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-1645. That's 800-600-1645. 800-600-1645. You're 
listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Okay, so where does where does Pizzagate come from? Well, it comes from the mind of, I think, an anarchist. I think somebody who is trying to tear us apart and get us to tear each other apart. I believe that's what that's all about. Um, <clears throat> it's not about just hate Hillary Clinton. Uh, it's about burn down the whole system, I believe. Now, why do we believe it? Or why do some believe it? And why do some believe that, well, of course the media is not covering this. Well, let me give you a real story that most people don't know about that the media covered, but not the way the media should have covered it. Headline, U.S. State Department accused of covering up prostitution investigation. Former State Department investigator told CBS News that her unit had found evidence of widespread sex and drug scandals, but were told not to look into it. State Department investigator told not to look into widespread sex and drug scandals. This is tied to an ambassador um, uh, in Belgium. His name is Howard Gutman. I want to tell you Howard Gutman's story, and you will begin to understand, I believe, the roots of the outrageous lie and conspiracy theory of Pizzagate. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Watching the uh, new Transformers uh, promo that's just come out. Wow. I know. That look good. I know. They wrapped up their shooting the other day. Yeah. Um, okay. I want to talk to you a little bit about where the media is missing this. And this is not just this particular case. It goes all the way through almost everything. We have Samantha B going to be on with us today. Um, and she has flown into town to meet with me, and, um, and I have turned down every daily show. I've turned down Bill Maher a hundred times. I turn these shows down because they all just want to throw red meat at the audience, and they want their audience to hate me, and they want my audience to hate them, and I don't want to be involved in this. Samantha has talked to me, um, she called a few weeks ago, and she says she wants to try something different. I am going to choose to take her at face value, but she is coming on our show first um, at the top of hour three. And I, I want to talk to her about things like 
Um, she's currently doing a, a series that I think is is funny um, about uh, voter fraud. She went and she did the Snopes on voter fraud. Um, and but her her language and everything is aimed right at the anti-Trump people. So nobody on the right is going to listen to her on this. Um, and she is going after uh, people and saying, well, the Republicans are liars. Let me give you uh, two examples. Lies matter. Crimes matter. And when the press says, well, we covered that, yeah, there's a difference on when you cover a story and when you stand on a story. And everybody is working their creative best to make sure everybody knows this is wrong. When it becomes a crusade, right now there's a crusade that is happening in the, in the media to show everyone how bad Donald Trump is. Just like there was a crusade to show him as this great entertainer. The first one was for their ratings. This one is for an agenda. But the reason why they have no credibility is because they're not consistent. It only matters when someone like us can say, you know, he said cut the feet off of doctors. I mean, sorry, that doctors were cutting the feet off of, of diabetes patients because they can make an extra 60 bucks. Do you remember that speech? Barack Obama, because he wanted Obamacare actually said that there are doctors that are cutting the feet off of patients just to make money. Taking tonsils out of kids because of the profit motive. An outrageous lie, or at least hyperbole, that leads to a conspiracy that doctors are evil and they're in bed with the drug companies and the insurance companies and they'll, screw, they'll cut your feet off. For $60. But nobody cares about that. Because it helped their agenda. Alright. So let's be fair. Do you know why Donald Trump. And yesterday. I actually said to somebody. You know what. If he's going after corruption and waste. I think that's good. Although I'm willing to give the president. The airplane he desires. Um, You know one that's safe. But if he's going after government waste, that's great. Yesterday, Donald Trump said, um, we have to go against uh, Boeing, cancel the contract because they're, what, $5 billion into it? More than $4 billion. More than $4 billion out of control. Okay. First of all, it was a development deal. They've only spent one point, what? $170 million. $170 million. And here's the coincidence. The, the CEO of Boeing, which is our largest exporter, this is the number one export in the United States of America, Boeing planes. With all the problems we've had with trade, here's a company that has actually done it, is do it on their own. The number one, okay? And so the CEO comes out and says, if Donald Trump does these trade deals, He's going to kill our trade. This is the number one employer for trade. He's going to kill us. Now, he has a different opinion of policy than the president does, or the president-elect. He says that in his speech 22 minutes after 
Oh, sorry, what? The, the, the Chicago Tribune then published a right, that's what I mean. yesterday. Yeah, so publishes, he gives the speech. The Chicago Tribune publishes it 22 minutes after it is published. That's when Donald Trump tweets, Boeing, cost overruns, cancel. So he is willing, because he wants his program, he is willing to lie about Boeing. There's no cost overruns because they're only 170. It's a development deal. No planes have been ordered. It's a development deal. So he's willing to lie about Boeing, the contract, and say, cancel the deal because the CEO is against his program. No different than Barack Obama saying doctors are cutting the feet off of patients. No different. In fact, perhaps worse, only because there probably was a doctor that cut feet off that maybe was questionable. Okay? All right. A lot of footless people walking around. Right. Well, not okay. walking as much. So the reason why conspiracy and fake news happens is because the media does not play it down the line and call a spade a spade if it's their guy. They're willing to give them the benefit of the doubt. Here's the next story. How do we all feel about the Catholic Church sex scandal? Uh, I'm not going to go negative on it. I'm not yeah, I'm not negative. Fan. You're not okay. against it. What is your problem with it? It's one of the biggest scandals in all of church history, and the media and Hollywood went bat ape crazy over that. Right? They've made movies and yeah. everything. It's one of the worst, honestly, one of the worst scandals to hit the Catholic Church probably since the you know the the dark ages well, according to the catholic church yes yes right like they they it, so what was the ca- what happened with the catholic church what did they do why is this story so bad they were moving people around yes were, instead, instead of instead they, of hiring them or making sure they were moving them to new districts they, they knew there was a problem they hid it they moved the priest and they didn't prosecute they tried to deal with it internally correct the story is former State Department investigator told CBS News that our unit had found evidence of widespread sex and drug scandals, but were told not to look into it. This is the other part of the story. Among the allegations are claims that Howard Gutman, U.S. ambassador to Belgium, solicited sex from prostitutes and children in a public park. So here's this guy who, on very good State Department security, witnessed him doing this and warned the State Department, you have an ambassador in Belgium, Belgium who is, is involved in child sex, a child sex scandal. He's not buying and selling them. I'm sorry, he's not selling them. He's buying them. He's buying children for sex in a public park. This is not good for the United States. The IG comes in and looks at it and goes, holy mother of, and it's not just him, it is also the State Department police force itself. What did Hillary Clinton do? She said, dismiss it, move on, and took Gutman and moved him from Belgium to another embassy. Exactly like the Catholic Church scandal. And what did the press do? They wrote this story. If this would have happened under George Bush, 
if this would happen under Donald Trump, I can guarantee you they would run that all the way to the top of the news pile. And they would run it and claim that Donald Trump even knew about it. Here, they tried their hardest to disconnect Hillary Clinton from it. So when you have the State Department and Hillary Clinton dismissing child sex trafficking, which CBS News is reporting or was reporting years ago, when you have Hillary Clinton's State Department saying, don't look into that, conspiracy theories begin. They're covering it up. You know, I bet Hillary Clinton's involved herself. I bet Hillary Clinton is, I'll bet you that Hillary Clinton is somehow or another making money on that. And she is making money and that's helping fund her campaign. I'll bet it's not just in Belgium. I bet it's in, and before you know it, there are underground tunnels from a pizza parlor in Washington, D.C. So media, before you start pointing fingers at everyone else, Start pointing fingers to yourself. You accepted the fact that Hillary Clinton said, don't look into that. Just let's move him. She did exactly what the Catholic Church did. Now you're going to say, well, we couldn't get any stories. We couldn't get any, we couldn't get, there was a dead end. Since when has a dead end stopped you? Since when has a dead end stopped you from saying, where are those weapons of mass destruction? Where did they go? Since when? The media first stop all the way down to us. Anyone who is engaged in hyperbolic speech, which we have been, anybody who... Uh, uh, is unknowingly publishing or posting and retweeting stories that are erroneous, we are all involved at some level or another. It takes all of us being responsible. We have to stop pointing fingers, but media, unless, not me, unless you start saying, wait a minute, is it possible that maybe we help the spread of these stories because people will see this and then they'll see the email scandal and then they'll see the lie of Benghazi and they'll say, these guys can get away with anything. Nobody holds their feet to the fire. Nobody questions them on anything. Holy cow. Maybe we played a major role because... Um, nature despises a vacuum. And because you didn't do your job, nature fills that vacuum with something absolutely poisonous to a civil society. Our sponsor this half hour is My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply um, was, I'm sorry, last half hour. This hour is simply safe. This half hour is simply safe. Sitting by the fire on a cold December night, peaceful and calm. It is the feeling of safety and protection that really comes from this time of the year. Your home can have that safety and protection year-round. 
Simply Safe Home Security System. Right now, for a limited time, you'll get $200 off Simply Safe's Defender Package. The system has everything you need to protect your home and your family. It has 17 security sensors, a panic button, a blaring siren to scare off would be intruders. Can you go to uh, simplysafebeck.com and see how much this Defender Package is right now? A wireless connection to authorities to dispatch the police. The minute something happens, 24-7 monitoring for $14.95 a month and no long-term contract. Right now, you can get $200 off. This is the best package they have ever offered. Do you see the price there yet? Um, Simplysafebeck.com. Simplysafebeck.com. I know I've looked up a similar package. They are, it's mind-blowing inexpensive. Especially if you've ever had a security package. How much is it? Uh, $399. That's with the $200 off. $399. $399 for all of that. 17 security sensors, panic button, siren, wireless connection um, uh, to the police, 24-7 monitoring, no long-term for $399. Right now with a $200 off. I mean, that's, I mean, that's an absolute no-brainer. SimplySafeBeck.com. Go there now for your Defender Security Package. SimplySafeBeck.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. This is the Glenn Beck program. All right. Say it, pal. Say it. I knew you wanted to say that. Tell me this screams Christmas to you. Tell me. Go ahead. Go ahead. That screams Christmas. Merry Christmas, Pat. Lovely. Lovely. (laughs) I'm in the mood. Pat, (laughs) if it's not foreigner, if it's not Boston. (laughs) No, not not a Christmas Christmas time. He likes traditional. I mean, you know, you like the... the, the, Andy Williams. Well, that is is probably considered more traditional than Andy Williams. (laughs) Oh, no way. Oh, come on. Oh, no way. Oh, no, no, no. If you want to look back at... The heritage of Christmas songs. That one is older and more traditional than. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. Ay, ay, ay. And I'd like to punch you in the face for it. <laughs> this is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.
Hello, America. Quite a show lined up for you today. We have uh, uh, we have Samantha B joining us uh, in next hour. We have one of our guys in Iraq right now to tell you an absolutely amazing story. And you remember how Democrats thought the a constitutional convention was crazy talk. Do you remember how leaving? Uh, the United States was crazy talk and how us being afraid that our country was being lost was also lost to who? Well, now, because they are afraid America is going to be lost, they're talking about secession and the constitutional way to do that is to have a constitutional convention. But, ooh, what's that? Yeah, I don't hear anything from the press about that either on hypocrisy. We'll get to that after we go to Iraq right now. The fusion of entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. We sent uh, our chief researcher, Jason uh, Batrill, over to Iraq. We haven't been able to kill this guy yet. Uh, this is his second tour of duty for us, and I don't even know how many tour of duties he has done in the past for the uh, military, but he was in military intelligence uh, and uh, is now one of our chief researchers um, and been a very big help on things like Benghazi, etc., cetera, etc., cetera. Um, he is over in a very, very dangerous section uh, of the world right now where uh, military action is actually hot. Um, and he is searching for a story for us uh, that I think uh, is multifaceted, but a story that none of us have ever heard. And we broke a bit of it yesterday on uh, F- Facebook Live and Jason is back now. It is, what, 4 o'clock in the afternoon over there, Jason? It's 6 o'clock, actually. But oh, it's it feels about o'clock. like 4 in the morning. Okay. Um, Jason, you did, have, can you say where you are today and what you've done already? Yeah, so yesterday when you and I spoke, I, uh, I was actually not big on the operational security. I, I, I felt completely safe, and um, it was business as usual. I was walking around. Well, today as I started to talk to some Peshmerga generals and a few other people, I'm kind of doubting that. So apparently when the Mosul op uh, was remembered to go down and when it actually went down, ISIS activated many sleeper cells all over northern Iraq, all through Kurdistan. Um, there was a bombing just down the street from where I am at currently, um, which was kind of unheard of before any of this went down for, um, in Erbil, um, which is generally considered very safe. Um, and my camera crew that I had hired out here said that ISIS has specifically targeted media. And they're, they've gotten so many people that are embedded within these cities that 
And again, this is considered a safe place. I can take very much a lot of pride in weeding out and trying to make sure that these jihadists don't get up here. But there's so many of them that they're releasing uh, addresses to where the media people live, cameramen, producers, everything. And um, they're threatening them by calling them, sending them texts, and then sending, sending them messages over Facebook, Twitter. Um, it's a very dangerous place now, so um, I'm kind of taking this a little bit more seriously as far as not going out are at you, night and uh, being careful. Um, are you? It's funny because l- l- yesterday we were talking about, because I was just there, um, a year ago, and it was a very dangerous place. Um, and yesterday yeah. you were telling me that some tourist or some Iraqis invited you to a pajama party. You said it was like being in New York <laughs> City. It was completely different. Um, but now yeah. you sense uh, the danger. Are, has our camera crew left us, or are they still going to go through with it? Oh, no, they're still going through with it. I have, I found one of the most amazing uh, men that I've met in my entire life. Um, he now considers me family. I consider him family. Um, he is a Muslim man that I, I hope to maybe, I think I'm going to do something with a special on him just to introduce the audience to him because it's, it's very hard to understand how, how people in Northern Iraq heard in general how they view religion. Um, but he's a very uh, kind soul, and yeah, he would he would follow me to to the end and back. So yeah, he's staying with me, and um, we're going to get him some pretty heavy stuff starting tomorrow. Okay, um, don't give me any more information um, other than can you can you talk about uh, the, what we discussed yesterday about the Shia and the Sunnis and the Christians without yeah. giving locations? So yes, um, so I won't say where. But um, in one of these spots where um, ISIS has done its worst work um, here in Iraq, um, where they oppress the people the most, I, uh, we were going to this area and we were setting up, um, getting permissions with the army and et cetera to try and get, um, to try and get over there and set up logistics. And um, I was like, you know what, it, it's great. And, you know, I, I want to speak to the government officials and the army generals and all that stuff and get there. But like, I don't want to concentrate on that because that's what everyone does. I said, let's go to people and actually talk to the people and, and get their personal stories. And uh, he goes, yeah, that's great. And he just kind of made a joke about, you know, it's easy because they all have um, every single one of their doors has a label on them. And I go, what do you mean every single door has a label on them? I was like, you mean like the Nazarene symbol that, you know, we talked about? And he goes, yeah, well, that's, that's part of the story. And I go, well, that's part of it? And he goes, yeah, well, ISIS. And when you hear this, just think about what the Nazis did, you know, back in World War II. How I, I mean, I remember. I think I heard this first from you when the Nazis not only you know put you know stars on Jews, but they also labeled Christian, they labeled you know homosexual, they they put labels on everyone. ISIS is doing the exact same thing. I've never heard this before. But they're not only um, labeling Christians; they're putting symbols on Shiite uh, houses. They're putting symbols on Sufi um, houses. They're putting symbols on. Uh, Sunni Muslims that aren't as hardcore as they are, that don't believe in Sharia law. There is a symbol for every single one of these people that don't toe their line. Um, this can you can you make sure you get pictures? Can you make sure you get pictures of all those symbols for us? Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. Um, so, so what's so happening to the people? So, what, what what this is doing to the people is it has galvanized them and has brought them together like never before. All of a sudden, they're like, "Wait a minute." You know, we have a common, you know, we're, we're, we're unlikely allies. We never saw each other as allies before, but we now see something, something that has, um, is, is something, we have now have something in common. 
something that we didn't have in common, and that is facing evil and helping each other out so that we can combat that evil, so that we can, you know, um, find a way through this together. Now, think about where we're talking about here. This is the Middle East where sectarian divisions are very easily stoked. I mean, you barely have to do anything, and you can turn one sectarian group against the other. Now, all of these groups have been at each other's throats for the longest of times, but now they're all working together. You have Shiites that are protecting Sunnis and helping them while, you know, providing security while they open up their shops so they can provide, you know, um, money for their families. You have the same groups, Sunni, Shiite, and all the others that are protecting Christians so that they can open up their shops and they can provide money for their families. This is unprecedented for this part of the world. Completely unprecedented. Jason, how um, how much danger are those people in, and are they fighting back against ISIS? Oh, they're I, I, yeah. I can't overstate that they're, they're in grave danger at this moment. Some of the areas are starting to be liberated. Um, it's a slow process, but many of these areas. Um, they're actually uh, they're actually bringing the civilians from the liberated areas. ISIS is doing this and pulling them in, pulling them back as they retreat. They're doing that to um, to cover themselves. So, so they're, they're providing they're making themselves human shields. Now, from what I've been told, that's not really stopping them. They're yes, they're they're pulling back. Otherwise, they'll be killed. if not, but they're still banding together and still trying to protect each other. And they're going when- you know basically block by block, street by street as they go back and basically. You know, as they're being these human shields. When you say that um, these areas are the worst of the worst, are these the areas where heads were on pikes? This is exactly that area, yes. Uh, make sure you get some interviews with some families and some people that can tell us what it's like to walk down the street and see heads on pikes and what that did to the children and what that did to the families and and you know god forbid you saw somebody you knew with your head on the pike yeah those are the people that those are the the first people that we're going to well you first have when you go into these situations you always have to go kind of pay homage um to the uh, local military commander but i'm not going to spend hardly any time doing that at all we're going straight to the families uh, I want everyone to see firsthand what it was like to personally go through this experience. What was it like when they first came in and started subjugating you? What, what was it like when they started separating you guys off and labeling you, branding you um, under these different um, under, the, under these different tags? You know, when did you guys first decide, look, we have to come together? You know, I, I know that you know you go to that church and I go to this mosque. We've never protected each other and looked after each other, and you know, ever, but. Now I kind of see where we were wrong. What was it like when you first thought of that? I mean, it, it, it's going to be an amazing, amazing story. I can't wait to tell it. We tell one more story um, without giving any details. Um, um, we know that ISIS dug tunnels under all of these areas. And when we were thinking, because in one area, Jason has to go through some of these old ISIS tunnels, and he's going to film the whole thing and bring it back. But um, he has to go through these tunnels uh, to get to certain areas. We found out yesterday they're not tunnels like we think of in Hogan's Heroes. You want to explain the tunnels that ISIS has built? 
Yeah, you think about, I was thinking the same thing. When you think about tunnels, I was thinking about like old Vietnam War movies, you know, where they're low crawling into these things and you have to duck to get through them. Through them. No, they, when I was talking to the, the man that was fixing this up for me, he said, um, he goes, yeah, we have to, to get to the, the spot that we're going to end up going to in the city. Um, we're going to have to drive through this tunnel. And I go, well, did you just say drive through the tunnel? And he goes, yeah, drive through the tunnel. And I was like, how big is this tunnel? And he goes, well, just so you, you know, to, to get you know, a picture, picture of this in your mind, ISIS, when they were moving armored troop carriers and tanks and, and all those types of vehicles, they weren't doing it on top of land because if they drove them over the land, they found out that the coalition would instantly take them out. So they had to figure out a way to dig and support, give a support structure to combat vehicles, trucks, cars, everything. So there's basically an underground highway, if you want to call it like that, for ISIS that kind of branches out all over Syria and Iraq. And a lot of these tunnels actually, some of them actually existed before during the Iran-Iraq war that the uh, Ba'athist regime, uh, Saddam's Ba'athist regime, uh, dug. So many of these and, and many of ISIS commanders, they, they also fought for, they were in the uh, Iraqi army before. They knew exactly where these were. They, they, they used some of the uh, same ones, they perfected them, and they dug their own. But, I mean, it, it's kind of, it, 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 it's really nerve-wracking when you think about it because a lot of the times when um, the army now is getting ambushed, it'll come out of nowhere. They, they, don't, they didn't even know where some of these tunnels, you know, where they lead to or where they, where they end up at. But all of a sudden, they'll have tanks, vehicles, and troops coming from some random direction. And, oh, they, you know, they missed another tunnel. But one of these tunnels has been liberated, and we're actually going to take that tunnel. We're going to try through that tunnel and then pop up in a certain area that um, I can tell you guys about in a couple of days from now. Um, okay. And that's where we're going to link up with Special Forces. Jason, thank you very much as you head towards the U.S. Special Forces. Um, please stay safe. Wish them the best for us. Tell them that uh, we pray for them as families uh, all across America every single night. And we ask for God's protection on them and on you. Thank you so much, Jason. Thanks, Glenn. We'll do. You bet. Um, you'll be able to follow this story at glenbeck.com. You'll be able to see um, I'm checking in with him on Facebook Live uh, during the day when he has updates. Um, and then we'll, we'll produce a story that you will be able to see when he gets back. But some pretty amazing things. And um, the reason why it was important to go over there is, uh, A, the people that we have moved to safety, some of them are moving back now. And they're moving back because they have hope that they can fight for their own home and actually come together and transform um, Iraq. This is a, a very big deal. If the Sunnis and the Shias and the Christians in Iraq can start to come together, I can't imagine why we can't. Their, their culture says they have nothing in common. In fact, in some of their cultures, you are literally nothing and an enemy um we don't have that in our culture they do and they have found they need each other i hope we find that uh soon as well our sponsor this half hour is lifelock during the holiday season people show appreciation to friends and family and those who serve our country unfortunately veterans 
are prime targets for fraud. Since vets receive guaranteed retirement and disability incomes, identity thieves create scams offering to uh, fake benefit buyouts in exchange for pension programs. So you give me your pension and I will give you a buyout on that. It's a, it's, it's, it's a lie. It's fraud. That's why we have LifeLock. If somebody comes in and steals from you, the worst thing they can steal is your identity. If you're a LifeLock.com member, being a victim of identity theft uh, means that you're going to have a U.S.-based team that is going to work to resolve your case. Free credit monitoring only detects credit problems. LifeLock detects and then helps fix those identity problems. No one can prevent all identity theft or you know monitor all transactions at um, every business, but LifeLock is the best in the business. They will relentlessly protect your identity at 1-800-440-4936. You can save right now 15% by using the promo code BEC15 at LifeLock.com or 1-800-440-4936. This offer ends December 31st. 1-800-440-4936. Promo code BEC15. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. Welcome back to the uh, program. Uh, Samantha B is going to be with us here in about uh, uh, 35 minutes. I'm, I'm right now, I'm having her rinse her mouth out because mm. I don't know where that mouth has been, that potty mouth of hers. Shameful. Shameful. Yeah, no one believes you. You sit next to Jeffy every day. <laughs> terrible language. Well, I make Jeffy wash his mouth out with soap every time, too. Um, but um, uh, she's going to be... Um, She's going to be here, um, and I'm hopeful that this is going to be an interesting and uh, um, beneficial conversation for all of us on all sides as we talk about people coming together. You know, Time Magazine just named, and this is one of the things I want to talk to her about, just named um, Donald Trump Person of the Year. What? Yeah, I know. But... They had to make a point, and they said he's person of the year as president of the divided states of America. Oh, my gosh. Okay? What did Newsweek magazine... We are divided, but we were divided eight years ago as well. Not as bad as we are now, but we were divided. Not everybody embraced, but what did Newsweek put on the cover? We're all socialists now. The self-awareness of the left that just because they live in this New York media bubble, that they think everybody is like this, everybody feels this way, that's part of the problem. Not everybody feels that way. Not everybody was a socialist when Barack Obama, there were millions of us that were like, what? No, that's our problem. 
We feel we're losing our country to socialism. And then, instead of saying, well, now wait a minute. Instead of saying, okay, yes, we called and said everybody's a socialist now, and so we all know, wink, wink, nod, nod, that he's socialist and it's okay to be a socialist. It's not a dirty word. Then they tried to make that into a dirty word and began to divide. How can we heal this if the right and the left don't recognize their roles in where we are and we don't stop jamming our point of view down everybody's throat? Back in a minute. Seven two seven back. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So that song, those lyrics are actually um, are not accurate. It is it is not um, peace on earth, goodwill to men. It is peace on earth to men of goodwill. Why are we still playing it? I know. Um, peace on earth to men of goodwill. And we're in a place right now to where we have to decide whether we are going to be men of goodwill. What does it even mean to be men of goodwill? Are we going to be men of goodwill? Because that's the only way we can find peace on earth. And that's going to mean that we're going to have to risk and we're going to have to decide one thing. Our whole society is set up now to do well. What, are you, what do people ask? What are you going to do when you grow up? How are you going to make money at that? Not who do you want to be. What do you want to do? Who do you want to be is different. I want to be a man of goodwill. We don't concentrate on that. We just assume, many of us, I did for most of my life, that my kids will just get to be good people through osmosis. No, because they're not swimming in a sea of goodwill. They're swimming, especially now, in a sea of ill will. And we are, you know, the pendulum, um, you know, would teach. And by the way, part two of the pendulum is on tonight at five o'clock. You don't want to miss it. The pendulum would teach us that we're swinging into a dangerous section, into the we section, where it's all about who your enemy is. The last time, the generationally speaking, we were in this time was in the 1930s and 40s. And we see what happened. Everybody was categorized into enemies. And that's what connects well to what we talked about yesterday with social media and, and just finding that, that boogeyman that you're going to attack right. um, and to make you feel good. You're defined right. by who you hate. Correct. And that's what a we generation does is defines people of who you hate, not bringing together. 
It's my troop against this troop. That's deadly. It is proven time and time again through the history of mankind, these cycles, that that is always deadly. So we have to find ways to be men and women of, of goodwill. We have Samantha B on with us uh, next hour. I, I've only talked to her for maybe 20 minutes. Um, I, turned it, I turned down um, an appearance on her show, I don't know, a couple months ago. Because, uh, you know, I, I, I haven't been watching her show. I watch very little television. I hadn't been watching her show. And what I did see was, you know, uh, rough language that I don't think my audience is going to connect with. And also, I mean, it's a, it's a harsh, uh, you know, liberal comedy show. And, uh, you know, it's, 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 I think it's better, but it's, it's Bill Maher. You know, it's a, it's a harsh comedy show uh, for, the, for the left. And um, she called back after the election and she um, invited uh, me back on. And I said, well, I, I, I can't take the time to get away. And she said, we'll send our whole crew and I'll come down myself. And somebody on my staff had a conversation with her that was really heartfelt. Yesterday, her crew came in, and they were very nice, but it didn't exactly fill me with confidence that this was going to be a, a, a comfortable um, or something that I would want to be involved in. And she was in the air, and so when she landed, um, I called her last night and said, hey, I don't, I don't want to be a part of a hatchet job on you or on me. I don't, I don't want to be a part of that. And we had about a 20, 25-minute conversation, and I really like her. I really think she is struggling right now. I think the election um, has shaken her and a lot of people. And she doesn't, she, she's an entertainer. She's a comedy person. She's done what she's always done. And now she knows I still have to do comedy but I'm not sure if this is good or not. I don't, I'm not sure if this is going to help because we're so divided. How do I do my job? I don't know. Because that's the thing, same thing we've been saying for a while. I, I, I don't know. How do we do this without causing more problems? I don't know. But if we can find honest people who are actually struggling with that, we will make it. We will make it. But it's principles. We don't teach this anymore. Today is the 75th anniversary of Pearl Harbor. And before we leave, remind me, Stu, or Pat, we have to find this, the song, it's not Remember Pearl Harbor. Maybe it is Remember Pearl Harbor. There's a couple of songs out there. One of them is so politically incorrect. It's, it's outrageous. I think it is that Remember. Yeah. Uh, there's another one like that. Um, um, that's not quite so politically outrageous, but they both came out in the 1940s and right after Pearl Harbor. And one of them was like, you know, we're going to sock that Jap in the eye until we, till we, you know, basically slaughter every one of them. Um, and that's the America that we have been painted as. And it's really easy to paint an enemy and say, we got to kill all of them. But that's not who we really are. Today, as we look at Pearl Harbor, this, uh, I think it's this flag. This flag, this is from the vault. This flag 
was taken, I think so, I think it's this one, or see this one or this one. Um, this flag was taken from the island when we took the, I don't remember what island it was, but the island where we had to land the nuclear bombs. And they had an airstrip on that island, and we couldn't have bombed uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki without stopping for fuel and loading the bomb there because it was so heavy. We actually had to take the runway and dig a giant pit in the center and drop those bombs down into a pit because we couldn't get them underneath the plane. You'd have to jack the whole plane up to wheel it in and then, and then you know, put it in. I mean, it, it's, it's quite a big deal. Before we went and bombed Pearl Harbor, the reason why we bombed Pearl Harbor, um, uh, Truman said he felt as though the sun, the moon, and the stars were cast on his shoulders. Imagine the weight of taking the presidency in World War II and having to decide whether to drop the atomic bomb. We are taught now in school that America is evil and we are not people of goodwill, etc., etc. But I want to show the evidence that that is not who we are. I cannot, unfortunately, um, read these. Um, But this one, yes, here, this one has translation... Here you see a picture that we, we put, I think, 7 million of these pamphlets. I've never seen these before. I've never read about these before. 7 million of these pamphlets, and we have several of them, uh, all different. Remember when we first heard that we did that? We didn't. No one knew that we did that. No one knows. On this show. On this show. Yeah. I, mean, it was, I was like, what? Yeah, I know. And we have the evidence now in the vault. And next year, I'm going to start raising money to build Independence USA, the museum. Um, but because these things have to be taught. Here is a picture of a Japanese family, and you'll see they've got all their bags, and they're looking behind them, and they're leaving. And they're leaving an industrial area. Here is a map of the American forces coming in and bombing these industrial areas. This one says, men, women, and children uh, leave the industrial regions because they are going to be bombed. Um, the allies do n- are not interested in bombing you and the people. We have another one that specifically says, we have a bomb that will be more than all of the bombs dropped in World War uh, II combined in one bomb. So we're telling them, not that we have the nuclear bomb, but we have a weapon beyond description, and we're going to drop it on one of these 22 industrial cities. If you are in, and Nagasaki and Hiroshima are in that list, If you are in one of those cities, you must leave now because we have no intention of killing people and your families. Please get out now. It goes on to say, you should bring with you food and water because it will be hard to come by. Now, why aren't we ever taught that? (laughs) I don't know. We're not taught that because of political agendas. It is clear. The evidence is there. 
You just have to look for it. You have to know that it's there because now it's so forgotten. Well, we did the same thing. I mean, we've always done this kind of stuff. We, we did the same thing in Afghanistan. Uh, may we dropped I, bombs and we dropped food. May I suggest to you that when I told this story to some guys who were, j- like, just off their tour of duty, we're still doing this. Mm-hmm. We're still yeah. dropping pamphlets and saying, we're going to bomb here. Yeah. So if you want peace, real peace... How come this peace with the Japanese, who were taught to hate us, they were taught to hate us. When the emperor actually um, said, no, I'm, I, or he said, yes, I'm, I, I will sign your peace treaty. Do you know why we, um, um, why we, we still bombed them up to the signing of the peace treaty? We still launched planes to bomb, but we, we were, and we were bombing people up until that ink was dry. Then we called it off. Do you know why? Because the emperor said to us, we're not sure that the people will stop fighting. Why? This is one of the imperial swords. And I don't know if I can get this one out. This is one of the imperial swords from Japan uh, used in World War II. This sword uh, is just like many that were used to hold contests of prisoners. They would take two people and line up a hundred people on the chopping block. And two soldiers with a sword like this. The one who could chop the most heads off in two minutes would win. They had contests of throw the babies up, and the one who can catch the most babies onto their sword wins. They had a project that was worse, think of this, than what Mangala was doing, and we don't know about it. And so when the emperor said, we're not sure they'll quit, it's because the emperor had said, if you think we're bad, the Americans will do worse to their captive populations. We dropped these things. They didn't believe us because of the propaganda that they had gotten. They couldn't believe that we were good people. We went there and we proved to them without any kind of uh, desire for retribution or to win. We wanted to reconcile. And because we proved that we are not those people, they reconciled with us. And Japan is still one of our greatest friends and allies. December 7th, we had to stand on what was true in 1941. But I believe it was in August of 45 that we could show the Japanese people this is what's true. And there will be peace on earth for men of goodwill. Today on December 7th, 
Let's commit ourselves to being people of goodwill. Our sponsor this half hour is Casper Mattress. The mattress that makes my wife fall asleep the minute she gets into bed, even if she just lays down on the bed with her clothes on and then I get yelled at. That's not necessarily a good selling point. What? The mattress that, you know, lets women lay down with their clothes on. I would like another mattress. <laughs> so you like a, a bed that your, your wife does not fall asleep with her clothes on. Correct. Yes. And I think you probably do for a different reason than <laughs> I do because... I get up and then I turn off her light and I take off the glasses and, and, and she yells at me, leave me alone, I just want to sleep. Of course, that's probably what your wife says even though she's naked. Anyway, Time Magazine says it's one of the best inventions of 2015. Your Casper mattress ships for free. It, my wife will fall asleep with her shoes on when she gets in and just lays on top of the bed because it is so comfortable. Best night's sleep you will have. Try it yourself for 100 nights. You don't like it, refund Every single penny. Terms and conditions do apply. Casper.com. Use the promo code Beck at 50 bucks off. It is Casper.com. Promo code Beck. Casper.com. I have decided I will stand for you and I will. I will make a stand. I will raise my voice. I will hold your hand. Mercury. Welcome to the program. We don't need you singing, Jeffy. We don't need. We don't need to see you eating. We don't need to um, picture you in anything scantily uh, buttoned or clad, and we don't need to hear you singing. You can, that was just. You can do whatever it is you are supposed. What I pay you to do, which I don't even know what that is. You can do that, but nothing more, please. The Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. It's going to be an interesting hour. It could be a really horrible, horrible wow. mistake and lapse in judgment, or it could be the beginning. Yep. Of... <laughs> it could. That would, is that what Pat's voting for? Yeah, that's my vote. <laughs> or it could be uh, the beginning of something really good. We shall see. Samantha B joins us in studio right now. Entertainment and enlightenment. This is the Glenn Beck Program. 
Welcome to the program. Samantha B is going to be joining us here in just a second. She is actually on her way to the studios from a, another shoot. She has, uh, yesterday we had ABC News here all day long um, because uh, Nightline is doing a profile on me. I think tomorrow night they're going to air it. Um, and we had a really, um, really a, a great crew here yesterday, and, and they were great. What do they have? Four people? Five people? For Nightline. Not very many. Yeah. yeah. Four Samantha times. B is, I, th- I think half the state of New York is in my office right now. <laughs> um, they, uh, I mean, we own a movie studio, and I think they have more equipment in my office than we have in all three of our stages. Um, it's, it's quite an elaborate uh, thing that they've brought down. The reason why um, we're doing this um, and, and doing it almost against better judgment, um, I almost canceled yesterday. Um, the reason why we're doing this is because I believe we are living in different times, and um, I think, I could be wrong, but I think Samantha, uh, in the little I've talked to her, maybe 25 minutes, recognizes the time that we live in and the role of positive or negative she could play and I can play, all of us can. But she is doing a comedy show, and that comedy show has been, you know, it's, it's almost like, remember when Newsweek magazine wrote the headline, we're all socialists now? The New York mentality is, yeah, everybody's like that. Well, this election showed, wait a minute, no, 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 that's not true. And that came as a big shock to people. And... If my show minimizes the feelings of those who are now feeling exactly what we felt in 2008, and I think more appropriately, 2012. Mm -hmm. In 2012, we thought, wait a minute, wait a minute. Maybe everybody is socialist. Maybe everybody is okay with all of this because they... They have access to all this information, which is exactly what the left is saying about Donald Trump. Wait, they have access to all this information. Well, well, why would they make this decision? I think for several reasons. But what you're saying is we shouldn't be rubbing their nose in it right now? Is that what you're... Yes. Really? Yeah, it's strange. Ah, Yes, it's strange. Like we shouldn't say, yeah, this is what we... Let me ask you this. How do you like it? Let me ask you this. (laughs) Let me ask you this. If... If Jon Stewart would have reached out after Barack Obama's victory... Had you on the show. And said, sincerely... There's no way he would have. I know he wouldn't have. But if he would have sincerely said... I want to understand you, and I want to understand the people around you, and how you're feeling. What are you so afraid of? And what are you afraid of? But not in an next. Uh, I, I know it's not that he's. If they, if he would have been understanding like that, that would have that would have gone a long way. Yeah. If he, if would, he would have, have said, said, "Look, look if, I, I know it's not because he's a black. He's a black. Man. What are you trying to take back the country from? Right. What is it that you're afraid of? That would have been great. Our constitutional. Would have been great. Our constitutional 
um, rights have been taken away, and not because of him, but they've been usurped for many years over many presidents, but the Patriot Act was a big one, and it's going to get worse now. And right now, we're afraid of this takeover of our educational system, of our banking system, of the free market system, right? Yeah. We were, we were afraid of that. Well, what has happened? What has happened? They dismissed us, which made us hmm. more angry. We're more divided. More divided. They dismissed us. We were angry enough that we elected this guy. And right now, a new survey shows, Stu, when it comes to the free market system... Yeah, let me. Who's a bigger believer in the free market system today? Today, the way it stands, uh, liberals actually uh, favor the free market more than conservatives. What? According to a new poll, uh, I can. Uh, it's going to take me a minute to dig it out. I don't have it ready. And why? It's kind of hard to believe. And why? Yeah. It's not actually. It's not. It is for me, Glenn. Uh, no, I, I, uh, I know. It, it is for me too. But it makes sense. Because all we've done is switched places because we've made it about winning and not principles. Now Mike Pence is literally out on the road saying, look, we've seen the free market work and the free market, America keeps losing. The other thing is, look at how so many pundits or uh, Republican defenders of Trump Look at how many of them are saying, well, if the, if the trillion-dollar stimulus money is spent in a good way, that's a good thing, right? No. No, it's not a good thing. No. It's we the shouldn't government. Be it. We shouldn't be spending it. And that's what you were saying with Obama. That's because not with that, Obama. Well, if he spends it properly, I'll right. be okay with it. Everybody knew that that money wasn't going to go to the proper thing with Obama. Now it's going to go to the proper thing. And you know it's and not. And you know it's not. It's not. And it be beyond that, it is not what a free market constitutional republic does. And am I the only one in America who's okay with our airports, I don't have a problem at any airports. <laughs> I'm with you on that. I haven't seen one that's crumbling. Airports you? don't look like bus depots. They don't. And but bus depots look no. nice, too. You know our bridges problem? aren't crumbling. I've never been across a crumbling bridge. You know what the problem is? <laughs> you know what the problem is? None of us have been to Asia. I've been to Dubai and the Asian airport. Hang on just a second. The a- a- Asian airports. We've heard that the airports are nice. Yeah. They're, I've been to Dubai's I mean, airport. It is unfrickin' believable. What do they do? It's like they land planes there, Pat. No, 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 no. no. But you're just, just uh, it is the nicest. I mean, it is, it's unbelievable. High tech beautiful so if you go to but dfw it makes no, it, what does dubai have that dfw doesn't have it's just it looks it's like dfw cleaner, dfw just lighter. looks like something that was built in the 80s or 90s and it was right and this one is just clean bright right. all brand new i mean it just but, I mean, can i tell you something traditionally authoritarians spend on things like I that know. that people will see it doesn't what they do it's why all of our federal courthouses and all of our big government buildings all of them with the carved eagles in them all of them that are these big beautiful monolithic buildings were built during the great depression Mm -hmm. to make people feel better there is no difference in the dubai airport 
than there is in any other airport that I have flown in in, uh, in America. Yeah. Now, you can look at Detroit and say, I think it's the Detroit airport, which is one of the most beautiful airports I've ever been in. Yeah, that's, a nice, that's a nice airport. That's a yeah. beautiful airport. Okay, like, well, so? Right. <laughs> what's the difference? Right. <laughs> We're not spending money on the airport. That's not going to... You know what will help in the East? I had one of the scariest landings of my life in New York. Because New York is so congested, you have to land that plane at the minute they tell you to land that plane. Because you've got another plane screaming behind you. It's literally, I think it's every 90 seconds or every 60 seconds, that runway has to have a plane on it. Well, that's insane. They do that here. And so the update that they're looking for that they won't really tell you is the skies in the New York area are becoming very dangerous. And so there's new technology that every plane has to have. I don't remember when it is. Next year, I think, where it automatically senses the distance between the planes. Isn't that a private enterprise thing? Isn't that Delta and Americans' job to do? No, because the airports want, they want the landing based on that system. They basically, it's not automated, but it's as close as you can get to automated. It allows you to play, um, to land planes. I think currently it's every 90 seconds. It may be 60 seconds, but I think it's every 90 seconds there's somebody on that runway in places like New York. They can't build any more airports. So what they have to do is land them closer together. So this technology allows you to land a plane every 30 seconds. So you literally are on top of the plane behind you or, yeah, in front of you. You are just on top of it. And that's the technology that... So planes governments want uh, land atop each other now because you did say that, literally, you did say literally <laughs> I was going to say the same thing and I was going to let it go and then I could take you literally or I could take you seriously I take you neither uh, real quick on this poll um, listen think of how far we have come and and tell me tell me Tell me yes. you could have possibly predicted this. Glenn, uh, you know, because you say we're not going to recognize the country in 12 minutes every 12 minutes. Uh, so, <laughs> but I, tell me you're not right here. Do you agree or disagree with the following statement? The free market has been sorting the economy out and America's been losing. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Uh, party ID, agree. Democrats, 33% agree with that statement. That kind of seems like where it should be. About a third mm-hmm. of Democrats might mm-hmm. think the free market's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Independents, only 38%. Kind of low to me. 38% of, of independents uh, agree uh, that the free market is a good thing. Uh, uh, or excuse me, that it's been losing, right? So 33% of Democrats say the free market's been working things out and we've been losing. That's actually, somewhat, you'd be optimistic on that. 38% of... Because that means the vast majority of Democrats think it, we're, we're winning. We're winning. Exactly. Uh, 38% of independents. So, vast majority of independents also say, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah they're winning. Or, um, 57% of Republicans agree with that. Well, that's what they heard the whole campaign, right? Yeah, it sure is. We're losing. We're getting our head losing. handed to us. We're losing. We're losing. We're losing. Ideology. Losing. Free 
Wow. We haven't. We, wow. The problem is nobody even recognizes what the free market is. No, none of these terms mean anything. And the no. same thing with conservative. 55%, 55% of self-identified conservatives say the free market is screwing America. That is 55% and only 31% of liberals think that now. That's where we are in this if country. That's what, if that is all you would define it on, then I would be a liberal. Right. I am more in line with the liberals on the free market. Now, that's excluding everything else, but that's crazy talk. And you brought up before the Newsweek article after the 2008 election. Don't stand for principles. We're all socialists now. Tell me that, that article has not aged well. I mean, uh, they were totally right. The people, the people who were opposing uh, all of these giant government policies when Obama was giving them, they might have been wrong then. But tell me they're actually, not right now. Those people actually, are supporting the same policies. Newsweek should run that headline now. Yeah. Because that headline is more accurate. However, the liberals don't see the socialist in Donald Trump. They think he's a big capitalist. He's a big free market guy. He's not. Or he wouldn't have done the deal with Carrier. And now this. Stock market keeps rising, propped up by cheap money. What goes up will come down. And the higher it rises, the steeper and deeper it will fall. I will tell you, I talked to some, I talked to um, uh, the um, guys at uh, Nightline about this last night. They've been saying, you really believe that the economy is really going to crumble apart? I couldn't believe intelligent news people really don't believe that the bubbles are going to burst. Of course they're going to burst. I, I, it's just, it's amazing to me. It's not a conspiracy theory. It's math. Call Goldline now at 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. They asked me, so how much should you have in gold? And I said, oh, no more than 10%. That much? That much? He said. Uh, yeah. 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 Any more than that, then you're in risky territory, but 10%, 10% spent, put it around because you don't know what's going to last. Mm-hmm. Not like you're saying 80%. 80%. 10%. That much? Yes. It's the original gold standard. 1-866-GOLDLINE. 1-866-GOLDLINE or goldline.com. <laughs> program mercury Welcome to the program. I, um, as we're waiting for Samantha B to come into the studio, um, let me give you this. Uh, this. This is another reason that we are divided because there's no seeming self-awareness on either side. For instance, there's no self-awareness of people who were against a $787 billion stimulus package, Barack Obama, and saying it was on the principles of the free market system and debt and everything else, 
and four, a trillion dollar stimulus package under this guy. Because this time it'll be spent right. Right. There, there, I mean, what? there's absolutely Correct. no consistency. I thought the here. principle was Correct. stop doing the spending. And there's no self awareness on this. Why has Stu just put his hands to his head? <laughs> Forget it. No, okay. go ahead. You, All right. You so here's another, here's another, here's another non self awareness, this time on the left. On Tuesday, disgruntled Democrats held a forum to discuss the possibility of replacing the Electoral College. Zoe Lofgren, Democrat California, conceded that Democrats could not get rid of the Electoral College due to the way the United States Constitution is written. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can sustain... And, that, and by the way, that's with the Electoral College in it. Yes. I don't think we <laughs> yeah, can sustain our American democracy. It's not a democracy, it's a republic. I don't think we can sustain our American republic fixing her word by having the majority listen to this having the majority ruled by the minority and so the question is how to fix this since the constitution is written in such a way that is almost impossible to amend no it's not impossible to amend it's it can be amended there's a a system. system but listen to this listen to what she said i don't think we can sustain the american democracy saying that for a reason because that is the majority over the minority, by having a a majority ruled by the minority. Well, may I ask the question? Do we have gay marriage then? Right. Why is it through, why do nine old men and women rule over everything? 120 million people. Right. It, It doesn't, you want to talk about the, minority ruling over the majority i don't have control of my life because nine old men or women make a law they were not supposed to make law sometimes even less than that because in california when they voted on prop eight was it uh 20 million 20 million californians went to the polls and voted in favor of traditional marriage one judge overturned it one (laughs) it's just so it doesn't make. And they it, were fine with that system. They're fine, right? So there is no, there's no consistency and self awareness. Yeah. There's no. There can be no growth if there's no self awareness. Now let me go on. Lofgren went on to say that she's now open to a constitutional convention. Oh. Okay. First of all, I am not open for a constitutional convention. I am open to. Um, invoking Article 5 of the Constitution, which is a limited, very specific, not a constitutional convention, because that's free-for-all. She says, quote, we're three states away from calling for a constitutional convention. It's something I've always been opposed to, but I'll say, the second time in 16 years, the voters elected, the voters, the people elected, did not become president. Rational people, not the fringe, are now talking about whether states should be separated from the U.S. Rational people, she says, are now this talking about is the Glenn secession. Beck program. Mercury.
<laughs> I bet we gave him credit. There we go. <laughs> welcome to the uh, welcome to the program. Uh, joining us now, and she just said, "Wow, this is real." And I said, "No, I think most people would think this is unreal." <laughs> Maybe from uh, Full Frontal, uh, Samantha mm. B. And we don't we don't know each other. We've no. talked to each other once yes. last night for about twenty five minutes. It was very pleasant conversation. It was great. It was. Yeah. Why are you here? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Why are you having me here? <laughs> um, I'm here. We're doing a well. We're doing a piece with. We're doing a piece with Glenn, and so you generously invited me to be on your show. We are merging worlds in a way. <laughs> in a way. In a way. Because we, I'm sure we haven't talked about it, but I'm sure there are many things that we don't agree on. I pretty much can guarantee that for yes. sure. Um, uh, so, but I don't think that's a bad thing. I don't either. I don't think I don't see that as. Um, I don't see that as a bad thing. I think people trying to control people's lives is a bad thing. Yes, I do agree with you. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> the first what? thing out of her mouth. <laughs> Your world is coming crumbling down. Oh, no. You are a sellout. <laughs> oh. you, yeah. Did you, did you lose some crazy bet? No. And now here you are. I'm winning the bet. That's saying I agree I'm with Glenn. It's- okay for us to agree with each other on some things. I feel like there's a shared humanity, right? There is. We really literally have to be able to have conversations with people we don't agree with. Yes. It's essential. And I do feel like I'm sure that a lot of your listeners and a lot of your viewers have either not watched my show or they have watched my show and they have not. Turned it off. Turned it off. Or, you know, one interesting thing that happened on our show. We went to the conventions, of course, um, and while I was at the Republican convention, so many people there came up to me privately and said, oh my God, I love your show. It's really funny. So I think you're really funny. Thank you. Well, you I wasn't really, I wasn't, mouth. I wasn't <laughs> fishing for a compliment. <laughs> um, definitely have a potty mouth for sure. Yes. Um, but people, I think, I think people on both sides of the aisle can appreciate a well-crafted joke. Mm-hmm. And I do think mm-hmm. it's essential to be able to Make fun of yourself. It's is just... it is is there a problem? Because this is, you'll notice that I mean, except for the conservatives that have a stick lodged someplace, sure. or or Al Gore and Tipper when they were against the you know one of the parental labels on on CDs mm-hmm. or albums, I think at the time. Um, albums. Yeah. Uh, the um, most people don't have a problem with the Simpsons. Because they know the Simpsons might take your guy on and hit him hard in the face. Mm-hmm. And the very next joke or the very next episode going to hit the other side mm-hmm. just as hard. Mm-hmm. Do you think that comedy, uh, you know, the Daily Show and your show, do you think you do that? Do you think you hit your side just as hard? Um, I think that we look for those opportunities for sure. I think that, you know, we launched in a very particular moment in American politics. I mean, we launched at the beginning, really, of campaign season. And so there was just a plethora of material for us to select from. Um, I think that moving forward, that will happen more and more, for sure. But there's no... there's. Here's why. Here's why I asked this question. Yeah. There's a story. Are you going to show and, a little bit of our show to 
acclimatize people to the tone? <laughs> or, uh, no. No, you don't? <laughs> 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 okay. um, I, mean, I, I promise. Some of you will really like it. No, I, I, it's very edgy. I, I like it. It is... It, I, is, it is... Um, I used to, I was much more of an artist with the F word than you ever will be. <laughs> okay. Oh. Um, and, oh. Uh, yeah. Okay. And then I found Jesus and all of that stuff. Sure. So I've cleaned up my act. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is a little assaulting for viewers that are not used to mm-hmm. that. You, you know, Mike Huckabee will watch it and say, I've never heard a woman use the F word before. <laughs> well, he would... <laughs> A hundred percent find me to be yes nasty, yes. No, he might go farther than he that. would. You go may be than that. from the underworld. <laughs> I'm Not, definitely. Yeah. So um, only from the upside down. But anyway, I find you very very funny, and you. We have, actually have played clips of your show. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. Cl- I was curious about that because you we, mentioned that um, last night. <laughs> uh, you might know like we're not in a favorable. Uh, way, right? Yes, because we, we uh, no actually it's Donald Trump yeah. can't read. We, Trump can't read. <laughs> we thought that was really funny. And <laughs> funny. it was very funny. <laughs> and uh, the, the the trolls in Russia. <laughs> yeah, we played. Yeah, we played a lot. We spent an hour talking about the trolls yeah. in Russia. Did you? That was really interesting. How did you find those people? Well, you know, we have an incredible, I mean, we have an incredible research team. Yeah, ours sucks. No kidding. Yeah. We We got this guy. That that guy, he just sits over there and types. That's it. The whole team. Um, (laughs) Well, he ate the whole team. (laughs) 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 You know, we have, um, yeah, we we have an amazing, we have just an amazing team of people. And uh, we had one woman who was able to, she just ended up in, I don't know, chat rooms. I don't know what she did to kind of infiltrate that world, but she ended up mm. chit-chatting with uh, a paid Russian troll and, the st- you know, the story was born out of that and then it just kind of grew and grew and then we decided it was worth it to go to Russia and speak to them in person. Did you at really- every point, at any point, believe they might be uh, not, r- not the real, real thing? Yeah. Well, you know, you have to treat them, you have to be suspicious. I mean, obviously... Yeah have to be very suspicious. I think we did our absolute best due diligence with them. Mm-hmm. And we determined that we were comfortable. We were comfortable believing that they were real, and I believe that they were real. In the sounded like they were. Well, since the story aired, um, Russian media has tried to discredit the story in various ways, but that's kind of what they, you know, that's kind of what they do. So but- is it disturbing to you at all? Because we've been on this Russia thing for four years, uh, three years, about the influence of Russia and Putin. And um, it's interesting because a lot of people that were were okay with that and saying, yeah, okay, I believe you. I'm, Yeah, that's wrong. That's bad. That's dangerous. Mm-hmm. In the last year, many of them have said, that's propaganda. That's crazy. That's not happening. That's, or it's, well, so what? Is it, does it bother you that we right. seem to be playing musical chairs that under the last president, I was freaked out mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. And now under this president, you're saying, oh, my gosh. And well, it's not just me saying. No, I, <laughs> I, I am. No, no, no. I, I am saying it. I'm saying it as well. Yeah. Um, but the point that at least. I have been trying to make, and many people in our audience have been trying to make, and we were never taken serious, is no president should ever make you feel that way. Not because we elect the great guys. Our founders knew you're going to elect bad guys. Mm -hmm. 
It's the balance of power. No man should have so much power that he can reach into your life and change our culture and change mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. Do you do you see that or? Well, I you know, I guess fundamentally, I don't really, I don't really trust anyone. <laughs> I don't really. We don't either. I don't really. I just don't see presidents, or I don't as these messianic figures. Right. Like, I just don't think that any one person or or um, so shouldn't we? leader is is going to be everything to everybody. And of course, you know, the pendulum swings. Yes. It, mm-hmm. It's, I think what we're going through right now feels very different to me in my experience, which is limited because remember, I'm an immigrant and this is the first election that I was able to vote in. You're so from that where? Was, I'm from Canada, you guys. Well, that's not an oh. immigrant. That's a total <laughs> I'm a blue immigrant that's experience. A 51st I came state. across with my babushka. <laughs> yeah. You know. So it's it's not that um, uh, the the thing that I think we can unite on that I, mm-hmm. and it seems it seems almost eye roll stupid, but it's not is the Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. The Bill of Rights. We all agree. I, you know, I was dumb enough in two thousand three to go, oh, George Bush, he'd never misuse the Patriot Act. By two thousand six, I'm like, oh my gosh, how stupid was I? Then. And left, you know, the people on the left were right there. And the reason why a lot of us didn't listen to that warning was because you're the other side. You're just against George Bush. Oh, God, shut up. And now, under Barack Obama, it expanded and got worse. And under this guy, it's going to expand and get even worse. Do you feel like the world is going to be, or our world, I mean, at least I feel, and this is part of the reason why we're here today, is because I do think that... It's important for us to kind of redraw the lines a little bit. I don't think that it's as clear cut as left and right or liberal and conservative anymore. I feel like true liberals need to form alliances in a different way now. I think that, um, you know, there are things that are imperiled now or it's certainly there feels like there's an urgency and there feels like there's violence in the air to me and i think that it's going to be more important than ever for people to kind of reach into areas where they wouldn't necessarily feel comfortable and hold hands with people i agree in a different way and i think you know and it's more about and it's more than just talking too it's actually more than just civil discourse civil discourse is really for me just the beginning of change yes you know that's a nice place to start yes it's a it's a very privileged idea that yes. you can, we can all sit here and go, we should speak to each other yes. nicely. We should actually we should do more that. be we civil. Should, we should also listen to each other. Speak nice. Speak, you know, speak yes. properly to each other. Listen to one another. But then there's an action moment, too, where you have to, you have to defend people. We have to stand up for people who are imperiled in this new world. You, you know, have to... Take action. I don't know what the action moment is. We so, do have to find it. It will come. It will present itself. Don't look for trouble. It will come. Be prepared for trouble. Oh, <laughs> this is also comforting. Well, no, no, but I mean, don't you? I mean, sure. yeah. We, you, you, 
You just prepare for it, and then if it doesn't come, it doesn't come. But if it does, we'll know it when it comes. Mm -hmm. And then we are prepared and united to stand on common principles. Mm -hmm. But nobody wants to talk about common principles. Everybody is talking about policies. And that's been our problem. That's been my problem. I, I wanted you here because I think you felt, you feel right now, like I felt not in 08, but in 12. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> where I thought, okay, uh, you know, um, for instance, Time Magazine just made uh, Donald Trump Person of the Year. Sure. And in the headline it says, uh, President of the Divided States of America. I completely agree with that. But there's a lot of people that will look at that and go, really? Slap across the face. Where Newsweek in 08 ran the headline in the cover, we're all socialists now. Mm-hmm. S- dismissing the good portion of the, program, of, of the population that was like, no, I'm not a socialist. I don't want to be a socialist. I, no. So one side just dismissed the other. And we're still doing that. Just dismissing. Mm-hmm. In 12, I'm, I, I, I was shocked that the American people could know all of this information and still vote for him uh, because of, I thought, lies of doctors cutting off of feet and everything else. Um, and you feel that way now about Donald Trump. So do I. Mm-hmm. But you kind of lost faith in, crap, it's not just the president. It's the people around me, too. I don't understand how they're disconnecting from truth. They're just accepting it. Do you understand what I'm saying? I do, but I'm not sure I know what the so, question So is. my question is, how do we take on, how do you take on your side and say, you know what, there are some things that lying about Benghazi did matter. It did matter. There are consequences to lies. I think we are seeing that. I don't really know how to... How do you mean that? You're seeing that. When you... Well, there are just false narratives. There's news. I mean, we've all been talking about fake news. We were talking about it on the show the other night. There's um, so much distrust. There's so much belief. We, you know, people are receiving their news in their own bubble of the internet. Yes. It's very difficult to penetrate that with actual on, information. On both sides. We're self-selecting out. Well, of course. I don't really know how to I don't really know how to penetrate that. I don't think anybody really does. But that's what we're here for. But that is why we that is why we need to be so vigilant and so diligent and do things in a different way and take ownership of those. Um, we're going to spend some more time together. I'm doing something for your show, and then we're going to no. spend some time on uh, so Facebook. But look at that look. Delightful. No, it is. It's completely <laughs> no, Look at that delightful. look. I saw that. Don't, don't <clears throat> read anything sinister. All right. <laughs> All right. Fun, I promise. It is nice to meet you. It is so nice to meet you. All right. Let me tell you about our sponsor this half hour. May I do that? It is Sherry's Berries. No matter uh, who you're shopping for for Christmas, Sherry's Berries. Freshly dipped strawberries, 
uh, starting at $19.99. That is a 30% savings. Double the berries for 10 bucks more. Do it right now. Visit berries, B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com, berries.com. Click on the microphone, type in my name, Glenn, at berries.com. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury. The Glenn Beck Program. All right. Well, it was fun. Yeah. Fun day. Uh, so this, I don't know when the Samantha B. thing airs, with Glenn, but it's coming up soon. I was a little, yes. I was a little surprised she didn't recognize me as a Canadian and being a Canadian sports she's She used to be Canadian or still is. Or right. So She left about the time you became. Yeah, yeah it could be. You think, could be the problem. You think you'd keep up with the, with the news from your old country. Uh, uh, she apparently doesn't. Apparently not. Maybe she doesn't. Uh, All right. So. We'll see you tomorrow. Hat and Stew, by the way, is next uh, on the Blaze TV. This is the Glenn Beck Program. Mercury.